look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. You're with Dave and Faisal. We're talking about, uh, well, we talked about probate uh, and estate issues um, specific to probate, uh, Faisal. But the whole legacy bucket, right? This whole idea of I've built wealth, I've worked my whole life to create wealth. Um, how do I transition it? I'm going to say that the legacy that people leave is not just about wealth. It's important. Don't get me wrong. Taxes, fees, right? How to, tr- how to transition that. Very important. But nobody wants to leave the legacy of a legal problem, a battle, or a broken family. Correct. And a lot of people don't um, believe that there will be one. Right. Because we have that conversation. How's the relationship with yep. your children? How are the relationship with the siblings? You know, those types of things. And, and, and I'll tell you, most of them say, yeah, things are good, right? Until maybe money gets in the middle of it or something goes wrong. You know, these are the things we need to worry about. Um, I think when people are putting their, quote unquote, estate plan together. Right they either have experienced or heard of the experience of going through probate or these types of issues. And it's, um, it's a fear that, oh, my God, I don't want my family member or my significant other or somebody to go through all this work. Just put everything in joint, make life easier. You know? Yeah, joint. Um, you know, one of the, it's a bit of a taboo topic too, right? I mean, uh, talking about what happens after you're gone can be difficult for couples, right? Yeah. Um, and it can be difficult for the family dynamic, you know, talking to the kids. One, many kids we know don't know what their parents have. The parents have been secretive about that, sure. right? That can lead to problems. But two, um, you know, there's all kinds of problems that can be created uh, with, if, uh, if, if one of the family members or somebody in the family somehow feels that they have not been recognized properly right and yeah. so there's i, I want to talk to Catherine a little bit and, and Catherine, um maybe you can give us your opinion on some of the common um i don't know if the word is mistakes or the issues that that you think people when they're putting together their estate plans should be talking about together as a couple and thinking about and then what your opinion is on on how broadly that conversation happens in the family yeah i mean i think my philosophy typically with estate planning is to the to the best extent possible um, be open with your family because um, I think for us one of the biggest reasons for clients to come in and say hey I, I'm just not sure about the situation can you help me um, explain to me what my rights or obligations or um, responsibilities are with respect to this is because something's happened in the estate plan uh, that they were not a part of and that they weren't aware of uh, and so they're kind of checking in to make sure well is everything going in accordance with the way it should be going or um, should I be concerned because I wasn't named as one of mom's executors Uh, and so for us the biggest one is having that conversation between the couple and coming to an agreement with yeah who do you want to administer your estate Um, and if you have more than one child and um, the intention is to name only one or two of them where you have whereas you have more kids um, and you're leaving some out uh, it's it's sometimes important to have that conversation with the kids while that planning is happening to say well here are the reasons Um, why we've appointed 
only one or two of you rather than all four of you. I mean, the, the one of the easy explanations is administering an estate with four executors can be really unwieldy and sure. um, yeah. it, it just makes things so much more complicated. Um, there can be jurisdictional issues in terms of um, people living out of province or people living um, out of country. Uh, and so that's usually that's usually an easy way to kind of start off the conversation and, and give people he- a heads up of what to expect. Um, I think a lot of the times, too, um, we've started having conversations with clients about, well, um, in addition to understanding how you want to divide your property on death, let's take a look at um, whether or not you've already distributed some of your property during your lifetime or whether or not you think that the mm-hmm. kids will have some sort of expectation that, for example, if you helped one kid with a down payment on a house or you helped another kid through post-secondary education, that the other children um, you have are going to accept Uh, expect some sort of equalization Um, and sometimes that does come up you you know the will says I want to divide my state equally amongst my kids Uh, and the one of the kids will put their hands up and say okay but you know my my sister over here received a half a million dollars for a for a down payment during her lifetime that should be counted towards the half estate and so it's really kind of examining that and making your intentions clear once that that asset or that gift has been identified we talk about it in the will was that intended to be an advance on the estate or was it intended to be a gift and that way when the will gets read whoever the children are that are involved um, really have that chat and have a clear understanding of where mom and dad sat on the issue so that people aren't fighting about it after death. So let me ask a a two-part question here. Let's talk about out of province. What if your executor is from a different province? And then let's flip it and say, what if you own assets or property in a different province? What do we have to be aware of? Yeah, so it's a case-by-case basis. The default position in Alberta is if you name an executor who is out of province, um, they will be required to post a bond on your estate, um, and that typically is purchasing some sort of insurance that's equivalent to the size of your estate. And that's just... um, you know, Alberta's way of protecting the beneficiaries in the estate. If uh, somebody from out of province gets appointed uh, and then has access to all of the funds and absconds with money, uh, at least there's some sort of um, comparable amount in, in that estate available for the beneficiaries. There are some ways uh, to request a waiver of bond. And so as clients come in, we can talk to them about the different types or the different types of planning that you can do. Um, If you have uh, assets outside of the province, depending on what that province requires and depending on what type of asset you own, um, you may have to get um, a grant of probate or a grant of administration in two provinces. The main grant will be in the jurisdiction where the individual was domiciled or resident, uh, and then what happens is that application kind of gets duplicated in the second province in order to deal with that province's assets. So, for example, if you have a vacation home in BC, you'd likely get a resealed grant for BC if most of the assets were administered. So are you saying that they could be paying probate in BC for that asset or no? For the BC asset. For the Mm -hmm. BC asset only Mm -hmm. because they're a resident, let's say, of Alberta. And so therefore they would only be paying probate on that piece. Yeah. And probate is... uh, 
um, province-specific. So typically, um, provinces will only require you to report on assets in that province. And what can a client do or a family do in the event that they do have assets in multiple jurisdictions, uh, Catherine? Does it make sense to have a singular will in Alberta that encompasses all the assets, or should you perhaps have um, multiple wills, you know, to handle the jurisdictional differences? Yeah, I mean... um that is probably on a case-by-case basis. I would say, generally speaking, um, as long as all the assets are in Alberta, it's or sorry, as long as all of the assets are in Canada, it's acceptable to have one will rather than having multiple wills in Canada, uh, because then it can be confusing about which will has revoked which other will, which will is working in conjunction with the other will. So, um, you know, we would encourage clients to identify the assets that are specific in other provinces and determine whether or not they want something different to happen to that asset. But on a typical default position, it's not necessary for you to have wills in every jurisdiction that you've got um, property in, at least for Canada. Okay. Um, I think uh, we'll have to wrap it up there. We're quickly running out of time. Um, if you've been listening to this, I think, Faisal, there's lots of takeaways, is that um, as you develop uh, wealth, there comes complexity with that. Correct. Right? And you need to think a little bit about that because in the absence of that, and uh, Catherine has shared some of the horror stories um, of the outcome, uh, the potential outcomes, if you don't think about it, uh, that's, again, I go back to my comment. Nobody sits at the end of the day and says, really, what I want to leave is discord in, in the family. Yes. Right? And yep. I want all of my estate to be absorbed in legal fees in a battle. Nobody wants that. That's correct. So uh, it is important to take time to think about it. And as Catherine said, it's a case-by-case, case, so it's a family-specific basis because there's lots of, uh, you know, moving parts in the family. Catherine, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. We've got uh, input again from Catherine Zhang, who's an associate at Walsh LLP. Uh, in Calgary, and you can reach her at Walsh offices if you're interested in <clears throat> getting some input on your own personal estates. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the whole uh, wealth strategy, right? So when we talk about the four buckets and the five pillars of our investment strategy, the four buckets encompass a total wealth strategy. Okay, before we sign off on another show, let's uh, remind everybody about our upcoming seminar here. It's going to be Tuesday, May 29th. It'll be held at uh, the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. 7 p.m. is our start time. It'll be a one-hour presentation. Come on out. We'd love to see you. We'll educate you a little bit about uh, the four buckets and the five pillars of our investment strategy and how they uh, can help bulletproof your retirement. To register, give us a call at 966-8400 or go to uh, morethanmoneyradio.com and you can register through the website. Um, any of the past segments, today or, or past segments, can always be accessed at morethanmoneyradio.com or you can actually have them der- uh, delivered directly to you now by searching for More Than Money CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. All right, thanks for tuning in to another, another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. Have a great weekend. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. 
David Popowich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popowich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund, an investment industry regulatory organization of Canada.